Hello and welcome to the Leathercraft Masterclass podcast. And it has been quite some time since I created a dedicated podcast, hasn't it? For some of you who've been following me through the years, uh, may have noticed a lull in the podcasts as I focused mainly on video, which is, you know, kind of what I do really. But a lot of people have been quite vocal about bringing the podcast back and coming up with uh, new and exciting material to talk about. And recently, I went to London and I visited a couple of places and I have some opinions on English leathercraft as a whole that I thought, you know what, this would make a brilliant podcast. Now, don't forget, right now on leathercraftmasterclass.com, I am giving away a free video on hand stitching. That's something that a lot of you beginners ask me a lot of questions about. So I created a video just for you, leathercraftmasterclass.com. I'll link it below on YouTube so you can go check it out. Uh, enter your email and I will send you the video straight away. Now, there is some imagery to go along with this. So if you are listening on audio only through whatever podcasts, um, provider you use there will be a vodcast version of this which is a video podcast uh, which i'll upload to youtube so some of you might be watching this on youtube i'll uh, i'll throw in some uh, some pictures for those on the podcast i'll see what i could do and upload some of the images uh in like a collage in the thumbnail and hopefully you can if you look closely you might be able to pick them apart we'll see how it goes anyway <laughs> so recently i went to london uh, I like to have a little bit of a day trip up there every so often, which is where I'm from originally. So it's 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 my old haunt, so to speak. Um, so occasionally I like going up there. It's about just over an hour away from where I live in Kent. And walking around town, walking around, uh, I believe it was near New Bond Street, is Pickett, London. And I was walking by. I've never actually been in, and I didn't know where in London they are. I just know they're a, a London leather goods maker specializing in traditional English leather goods. And I was walking by. It was near the Burlington Arcade. And I thought, I recognize that brand. And I looked in the window and I saw various briefcases and attache cases. Uh, so I went in and had a look around. It was really interesting because I've only, I mean... I've repaired some of their work in the past, but I've never really gone and had a good look at, at their kind of body of work and all the different things that they produce. And if ever you're in London, Pickett London is a great place to, if you're into leather goods, which I'm assuming you are if you're listening to the podcast, um, if you go in and have a look, you're absolutely going to love it because there is so much that they that they do in leather craft, from board games to... Um, you know, tableware, but also if you're really into bag making, traditional English bag making, attache cases, briefcases, doctor's bag, you know, top frame briefcases, they produce so many different varieties. If you, if you go on their website and take a look at what they actually make, there's so many different varieties. They don't really specialize in one thing. They just do a lot of stuff pretty well. So it was good to have an up-close encounter with it with their work and there were there were good and bad one thing I did notice about Pickett as much as I do like them is there is more variance from and this is just personal opinion here but there is more variance from 
case to case and you can tell this was made by this type of craftsman this was made by this type of craftsman and you can often tell just by looking at uh, the small details in the handles you can tell this batch was made by one person and this batch was made by another person so there is a little little bit of variation to it um i wouldn't say that it was the highest quality or the best example of british leather goods out there and i'll talk a little bit about who i think is the is the best uh, as far as larger brands go not traditional individual artisans that kind of thing i'm talking about big brands here so i'll mention who i think is the best uh coming up shortly but picket london is is one of those brands they still keep a very traditional edge to their work it might not be the most expensive uh, they're definitely not the most expensive. In fact, you know, considering the cost of some of these cases under a thousand pounds, which is very rare for that amount of handwork, even if it's not all hand stitched, uh, a lot of the work is still traditionally done by hand and handles and things like that and attachments are still hand stitched. But bringing that in under a thousand pounds with a well-known brand name, you're not going to get the highest possible quality so that's kind of understandable <clears throat> it does say made in england so whereabouts in england they're making it i'm not entirely sure but um yeah i mean so i think it really depends on which craftsman has been making it because some of them were very good and some of them were just kind of okay some of the stitching was a little bit mm, you know even considering the price a little bit lackluster but that's that's just the way I saw it now another brand that I've always admired over the years is a very very old brand from the 1700s I can't remember their exact date of when they came into existence I'll put it up on screen um, but Swain Adney Brig is probably what I would say is my favorite producer of leather goods Alfred Dunhill is not too far off. Some of the work is is really nice, but you don't get to see a lot of Dunhill's work. A lot of it is is commission work and uh, not something that you'll see on their website. But Swain Addy Brig is a probably overall my favourite. They really, really do keep things traditional. Now, I went through the Burlington Arcade and I remembered that they were in there. And this was my first time visiting them, bear in mind. And I went in, and one thing I noticed is they no longer call themselves Swain, Adney, and Brig. They just call themselves Swain. So they've recently gone through a rebranding. Perfect. So everything we do in store, from the hat, which is Hubbard Johnson's, to everything is all handmade in our workshop. Okay. We do more of customization. If you say, oh, I don't like what I've seen, um, I want to have my own design, this is where we work together with you to bring it to life. Okay. So all these, these cases are made in the UK? Yes, ah. in Cambridge. In Cambridge? Yes. Ah, that's interesting. I thought they were made in London. It's in Cambridge. Cambridge, so okay. So why is the agony being dropped? It's just the swing. I know it's because the new owners they've just rebranded everything. But in terms of quality of everything, if there's anything, it's getting much better. So nothing has changed whatsoever. It's just rebranding. I don't know why they just, Yeah, I think that. 
which is quite interesting. And one thing I noticed in the window was a lot more contemporary pieces. So I think this is an example of where a traditional brand has gone, you know what? We're just not getting a lot of young people in the newer generation buying attache cases, soft-sided briefcases, uh, folio cases, you know, document cases. They're just not perhaps buying them. And it's more the older generation and for nostalgia reasons. Uh, and overseas, I know English leatherwork is very popular in uh, places like Japan. So they're obviously kind of branching out and trying to create more contemporary work. And I don't think it's made in the UK. I don't know where it's made, but I didn't recognize the hardware. Some of the cases you can recognize it's the, the locks are Liston locks from Abbey England. Um, the handle attachments, the D rings and things like that. You can, you can tell that it's Abbey England that they're using, uh, which is comes as no surprise. Cause I know of no other, uh, lock maker or hardware maker in the United Kingdom. There may be, but not that I know of. But this new stuff uh, seems to be made for Swain Adnibrig rather than by them. But that's, you know, I've it, it didn't say made in England on any of the pieces. So it's interesting to see them coming out with something that's new, something that's definitely more modern. But what they are doing is keeping the more modern pieces with one foot in the past with you know very traditional looking but also very modern having a kind of a modern feel to it so i went inside to have a look and i've dealt with their cases before mostly in restoration that kind of thing so i haven't really touched any of their modern stuff and i have to say you know from all the cases that i looked at the handles the stitching the edges everything is very very consistent with them but you're now talking you know two thousand pounds up for a soft-sided briefcase i think it's going to be around four thousand pounds for an attache case this isn't small money this isn't picket money this is swain money so obviously uh it's a step up but very very consistent some of the the construction methods for the handles did differ from bag to bag I noticed that some of the handles was a one-piece wrap um, and some of them were a two-piece, which is two separate parts, uh, which is something I recently did in a course, the full wrap uh, briefcase handle. Um, but consistency-wise, it was absolutely spot on and I really love the look and the finish that Swain bring to the table. Now, I was accosted by one of the uh, one of the salespeople when I was in there, uh, and it's it's a very very small shop. If ever you go in, it it can't be more than I would yeah, saying that it was ten feet wide would be generous. It's a, it's a reasonably long shop, but it's very very narrow. I'm not exactly sure why. But um, yeah, if when you go in there, you're going to get a salesperson on you pretty quickly because it's small. And she was kind of taking me around and showing me different cases and 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 different styles and things like that, and, and talking about how they've gone through a recent rebranding, which was quite interesting to listen to. But one thing she did mention was that their pieces are still made in England, but in Cambridge, which is quite interesting. Um, 
I thought much like Dunhill, they were still made in London, but it seems that their their work is still made in Cambridge. I don't know if Swain are having a company make their stuff for them or they are making it themselves. I'm really not sure. I know Alfred keeps things in-house, Dunhill keeps things in-house, but I'm not sure if Swain is is kind of a brand that, that just gets other companies other factories to produce their work and then and then put it under their own branding or if they're keeping it in-house hopefully they're keeping it in-house because that's um that's you know more interesting to me it's a little bit like watches having an in-house movement rather than a movement from another manufacturer placed inside with their branding on it's always more authentic when it's when it's one company producing everything of course they can't necessarily produce the leather though some luxury houses doing own tanneries um hardware things like that has to be usually outsourced but as much as they can keeping the craftsmen in-house keeping the designs in-house and the whole production in-house that's is always a bonus when i see that they didn't uh introduce the designs they didn't create the attache case they didn't create the doctor's bag the top frame briefcase the folio case you know all the handle designs or anything like that they just produce those really really well and that's something that i could see even up close for the price um they're just stellar they're at the top of their game i think uh, when it comes to english style leather goods uh and the handles which for me is 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 the telltale if you can pay attention to the details to that level you know you're dealing with a good brand now there are some pieces that they produced where I noticed the handles were actually not hand-stitched. And in order to hand-stitch a handle with such uh, a unique design, such as this, for those of you who are watching uh, on YouTube, something like this, it's just absolutely impossible to stitch that with that kind of design with a machine. You have to stitch that by hand. I'm sure perhaps somebody will invent a machine that can do it at some point, but right now you really have to tone down the filler or make the filler non-existent so there is just one thick, long piece of wrapped leather and then it is stitched by machine. You can see some of the handles, I think it was on the the little wine, I, don't, I guess they're called wine trunks, these little boxes that open out on a hinge and on the inside on one side you have glasses on the other side you have uh, uh wine bottles and and all sorts of accessories for a picnic beautiful pieces beautiful pieces but you can see that there's a little bit of cost cutting going on the handle mate perhaps you know the people that buy these they really possibly don't care and it's just someone like me or you who's a little bit more of a purist will pick up on these kind of little details um but it was interesting to see that some of the briefcases that I've seen online by Swain, not necessarily in the shop, but are also starting to use these machine-made handles. Now, obviously, there is going to be some component of creating them by hand, as in cutting the leather or having it cut and then wrapping it, gluing it and things like that. But the traditional finish is always hand-stitched. And the way they get around it is just to take out the filler, which is a real shame because the the to me the filler when creating a handle 
is something that there should be just enough of to create that almost spherical overall spherical feel when you pick it up so it looks kind of lumpy and bumpy and there's bits sticking out and it doesn't look like a cylinder but when you hold on to it it feels like it is it's very difficult to describe um but seeing a handle without that completely was quite interesting and for me this is one of the hardest parts for leather goods makers is the filler because it's such a great way of showing off your craft and your craftsmanship level. It creating a piece of leather that goes inside a handle that's then wrapped. And if you create that piece and it's not perfectly symmetrical, it's not smooth, when you wrap it with thin leather, you're going to see that. So, so many craftsmen go to great lengths to really nail the shape of the filler. Even you've perhaps seen... Um, craftsmen where they'll use several layers of thin leather but the the leather is multicolored so you can almost see it like a topographical map where it's raised and where it's lowered so you can kind of take a little bit off here a little bit more off there but i do find filler on handles is a little bit like adding salt to a meal there should be just enough and it takes skill to say no more or even other flavorings like garlic, for example. You can really overdo it. It should be a, a, an accompaniment. It should almost be a case of it's it's barely there. It's, no, it's not even that noticeable, but it brings the whole dish together. Uh, and sometimes you can see handles where people have really used too much filler on the inside. It ends up looking quite bloated. Um, what it feels like in the hand, I'm not entirely sure. But what it looks like on the outside is a little bit more like a humpback whale. And I think that is is really getting away from the traditional look of it. And that might be perhaps where people's tastes are going. That could be people's tastes are changing. I don't know. But for me, I just love the look of a traditionally made handle with just enough filler in there to give it that 3D look, but also a nice, comfortable feel in the hand. And... Um, seeing that Swain Adney Brigg are still producing this high level of handle was quite nice to see. But it's also interesting to see them now kind of moving away from that. And I don't know where that's going because their new stock of products seems to be produced overseas. And that may be true. That may not be true. It may be all made in England for all I know, but it didn't look like it was produced in the same factory, it had a different look, it had a different feel, as a little bit more blingy, had a little bit more pizzazz in the, in the design, as a breaking away from the traditions, but keeping certain parts of it traditional looking. So that was my day out. Absolutely incredible to see these two giants in the British leather goods business. Uh, and I thoroughly recommend, if ever you come to London, to visit both of them because they are literally next door. You could throw a stone and hit the other one. They are that close. So yeah, that was my day out. Those are my thoughts on uh, each one, their merits, the pros and cons. And I'd recommend if you're listening to this on a podcast, go and check out the YouTube channel because I'll throw up some images, uh, which I'm sure you want to see as well. Now, don't forget right now on leathercraftmasterclass.com, I am giving away a free video on hand stitching. That's something that a lot of you beginners ask me a lot of questions about. So I created a video just for you, leathercraftmasterclass.com. I'll link it below on YouTube so you can go check it out. 
uh, enter your email and I will send you the video straight away. And that's it, folks. Thank you for listening and I will see you in the next podcast. Thank you.